Hello, welcome back to the Hiker Podcast. How are you doing? I'm your host, Owen Hamilton. Now, if you were listening to the show last week, which I assume you were, you might remember that I mentioned I would have a special interview this week. Now, I have to correct myself. I can't go around picking favorites. Every interview is special. Every single guest I've had on this show has brought their own special little thing onto the show. But this one is a little bit unique. Not only am I hiking, am I hiking? wishful thinking not only am i talking to a through hiker ali gammon but i'm also talking to teresa martinez a double whammy this is the first time i've had two people on, on a podcast i'm talking to a trail organization i'm talking to the continental divide coalition teresa martinez the executive director and ali gammon the the head of comms they bring me through what has happened over the last 10 years for the continental divide coalition we also get to talk about the explosion in popularity of through hiking in the US and internationally and the trail itself. Over the last couple of years, I don't know about you, but I've certainly noticed the increase in popularity of the CDT. And we look to the future. You know, what's what's the future for the CDT? Frequent listeners to the show and our social media followers and app users will know that Hiker and CDT have just partnered up. So this is part of our trail sustainability program and every purchase of the continental divide trail map on our app we'll donate a dollar back to the trail organization this is to help them continue the fantastic work that they do to manage and maintain the trail to to promote the trail to work with gateway communities and volunteers we're really excited about this partnership as i've said in the show before this is part of a growing program where we're going to work with trade organizations all around the world to share our insights but also to to help fund the projects that they have now and in the future and all in the the grand mission of getting more and more people out hiking on the fantastic trails around the world speaking of fantastic trails around the world have you heard of hiker well we have just surpassed 7,000. I think we actually surpassed it last week, but we're on about 7,300 trails or so uh, all around the world and we're growing. We're growing really fast. So jump onto Hiker. You can download it for free in the App Store or in the Google Play Store or head over to hiker.app and there's a trail for you. We have a huge selection of trails and a growing selection of trails for you to choose from and they're all loaded with that amazing information that we are able to provide hotels accommodation amenities water sources you name it we have everything you need for your adventure so just head over to hiker.app or download the app in your respective app store it's free but if you want you can set up a subscription which will give you access to offline maps gpx downloads print maps and a lot more to come very very soon and as i said a portion of your purchase will go right back to the trade organization that you are buying for. 
Okay, that's the end of the sales pitch. Now onto the interview. I really hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed recording it. Teresa and Ali are fantastic guests and I'm pretty sure we're going to have them on again. I know I say this about everybody, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have them on again. I think we talked for another hour after the call. So yeah, enjoy the first hour of our conversation with Ali Gaman and Teresa Martinez from the Continental Divide Coalition. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, you are you do stretch from Canada right through the United States, right down to Mexico. So you kind of have to have uh, people all over the place. Well, Teresa and and Ali, thank you so much for joining me uh, on the on the Hiker Podcast. Thanks for coming on and uh, and sharing your story. Um, I suppose to start off with with you, Teresa, uh, could you tell me a little bit about the CDT? What what uh, what is the CDT? Sorry, the CDTC. Uh, the CD, the Continental Divide Coalition. What is it, and and what exactly do you guys do? Sure, and I, you know, this just in case people don't know, um, the Continental Divide Trail is a national scenic trail that spans the the Continental Divide, at least across um, the United States. And as we all know, the Continental Divide actually goes all the way down, you know, to South America and all the way up to um, Alaska and up into the Arctic Circle. But the the congressionally designated part of the CDT in the United States um, is from Mexico to Canada. Um, And we are the lead national partner. We work in partnership cooperative partnership under an interagency MOU or Memorandum of Understanding with the Forest Service, Park Service, and Bureau of Land Management. And so we are sort of, it's a public-private partnership where we're not just an advocacy group. We're not just, um, you know, we're not a friends group. We really are um, this really unique partner that works side by side, oftentimes hand in hand. And sometimes, um, uh, just like any relationship, we're not always on in the same, we're not always in sync with our federal agency partners, but we work to ensure that the, the trail has all of the resources it needs so that the CDT itself is managed primarily by the Forest Service with these other agencies and state agencies and private landowners and all sorts of other entities. And that Forest Service entity, it's impossible for that, that one agency to manage a trail that is 3,100 miles long. I mean, it's impossible. It's different agencies, different managers, um, different agencies that don't even use the same language and don't have the same policies or procedures. And so our work is really to sort of create the glue that keeps everything moving. We're sort of a liaison at times. We, as an organization, we, you know, not only are we side by side with the agencies, we're side by side with communities and volunteers and hikers and bikers all sorts of different people and entities, tribal entities, um, to ensure that we're sort of, we sort of do all the convening um, of all of these people who love the Continental Divide and the, and the fact that there's a trail on it. Um, so it's not necessarily even that it's even just about the trail. For some people, some of our communities, it's about the landscape as a whole. So our work is to be that convener our work is to ensure the public has all the information they need. Our work is to ensure that um, the federal agencies have the support they need to do what they're re- being required to do. And that means money. So sometimes we do talk to Congress and say, don't forget to fund the agencies. Um, some of our work is ensuring that um, the trails maintain. We have tons of volunteers. We work with volunteer groups to get out there and maintain the trail, steward the trail, build the trail, sign the trail, you name it. Um, and then we also do things like we have a shuttle program that runs people to the Southern Monument. We've been doing that since 2014. We have, um, like I said, the trail information. We have free website resources. Um, 
So if, if you can dream it up, we pretty much will do it. Pretty much. I think that's what I would say. Like, we do all the things. We And we all do all the things. So like, that's the other thing. Yeah, you, know, it, you know, I actually, I can literally tell you, I have just folded and stamped all of our donor letters. So like, we are like very low overhead here. And we, like, we all are all, all hands on deck all the time. Like there's no hierarchy. Um, I literally stuff envelopes in my in-between time. So <laughs> we do all the things. And if you can smell, people can't see, they can't, they can hear. If, if you can see what was behind me, my, my office is a mess. <laughs> There's just stuff everywhere. So, um, but yeah, I think CDTC, we're just like your friends. We just happen to create an organization that we wanted to create and that really served the communities that love the continental divide and the fact that there's a trail on it and want to help ensure that that trail and that, that landscape is healthy and the communities and cultures it connects are vibrant and thriving in whatever way we can support and serve those communities. Our goal with CDTC is to create a place in a grassroots led organization and movement that really ensures that future generations get to experience this amazing landscape that also happens to be the north the major watershed of the north american continent you know kind of a big deal <laughs> so um so <laughs> a few deal. things a few things it sounds it sounds like you, <laughs> you a few points and 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 and, and and we're not just joined by uh, by yourself, Teresa, Mar- sorry, Teresa Martinez, executive director of the the CDTC, but also a uh, the communications manager, but also a through hiker of the CDT. And uh, a triple Ali, do, do you want to tell me about? A <laughs> triple crowner, excuse mm-hmm. me, I docked my cap to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we keep busy. Yeah, it's so great to see you, everyone. And uh, yeah, what Teresa said. But uh, I've been now with the CDTC for a year and just am still discovering all the wonderful work that we do. And uh, it's incredible to have all this outreach between a trail, but also as a connector of communities and a way to mm-hmm. bring people together who love this landscape. So, yeah, I, one of my favorite things about working here is just how the CDTC embraces this holistic view of the continental divide. Yeah, well, you, you you tapped on a couple of points there, Teresa, that I would like to kind of ask you a little bit more about. And one, one of them was around uh, volunteers, and you know, you have a trail that spans the entire length of the of the country, or the uh, from from Mexico to Canada. Um, how do you project manage that? Like, you know, you think about you know the USFS, you know, park services. You think about all of the, the the national parks and like the the vast resources that they may have, but for the CDTC, you know, how do you project manage that? Do you have a huge team? Do you have, you know, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of employees that are dotted around the country? Or is it, is it like a handful yeah, sure. of ragtag uh, trail lovers? That's it. That's it. You just hit the nail on it. It's a handful of ragtag trail lovers. Um, it really is. I mean, we we started, you know, um, our organization was formed in 2012 when the former organization called the Continental Divide Trail Alliance closed its doors. And, and you know, I'd be happy to talk about that. I was part of the staff that lost my job during that, that horrible experience, um, which is why we built CDTC is myself and three other people realized we needed to build an organization that was different, that really was from our generation's perspective and the way we see the world and create something that looked forward, but built upon the past, but only the good things from the past, learn the lessons that we needed to learn, then create something. And in our case, who knew we ended up creating something that really was 
going to create a flexible environment. Um, but I think that we, we've had all these principles around and we still have them around people showing up because they love the trail, not because they're friends with somebody or that people really love, you know, that it's, a, it was an us, not a, not a, not an I, a, a we, not a me um, kind of perspective so that this was always about community and it was always about friendship. And it was always about bringing in and inviting um standing to scrutiny, bringing in the people who said, I have a complaint. Okay, well, tell us that complaint and help us fix it. Like, be a part of the solution. We want to create a space and a community that is robust and vibrant and thriving and isn't groupthink, because that's how we lost the, the previous organization. People didn't challenge the, the status quo, and we ended up in a horrible situation. So I feel like, you know, CDTC has always been, we started out literally at my one of my co-founders dining room table, Josh Shisko's dining table. And then when he and his wife went into Peace Corps, we, we moved to my dining room table. <laughs> and I was, I personally was working three jobs. I was a swim coach, a lifeguard and working in a bakery. A friend of mine owned a bakery and took pity on me and hired me and said, yes, you can come work here. And so then in between all that, I was doing all this stuff to build this organization. I mean, it is, you know, we didn't have somebody show up and go, here's a million dollars. And by choice, we decided not to do it that way. We just believe that one funder with that kind of money created an organization that was always about that money versus creating a place where people, like we started it with a dollar each. We each put in a dollar, the four of us, and said, this is how we're going to build it. So we'd much rather have 500 people giving a dollar than one person giving $500, because that means 500 people are invested in what happens with this, and they will always show up for that dollar. Because if they really value the work that we're doing, it doesn't, they, they don't, it doesn't matter that it's just a dollar. That dollar is a value. And so I think we've always built this on a foundation that it's always going to be about grassroots. And so when we show up and the people that we've hired now, we're a team of 14 full-time employees, which just blows my mind. Um, because for the early years, I was a volunteer. I was part-time, and then we hired our first full-time employee, which wasn't even me. Um, <laughs> it was somebody else. Um, and so uh, I think I, it wasn't I, I, I can release. I can release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. we, we just got it done because we loved and believed that we could do this, right? And that we knew we could create something that was really different and utilizing technology, utilizing our generation's skill and talent and, and not you know, not building it based on necessarily the traditions of the past, but the lessons of the past, right? So really breaking down and, and who knew that very even in on our early days, now we call it decolonizing and deconstructing, but that's what we were doing was decolonizing this capitalistic approach to everything we see in our world. And we just sort of said, no, we're going to create a system um, of people that are real, you know, we, we, you know, we don't have a board that shows up and drinks with their pinky rings. You know, we all, the board is working, the board is involved, the board are volunteers. Our chair started out as a volunteer 25 years ago and helped build segments of the CDT. You know, these are people who love this trail, who show up because they have time and talent, not because they have big checkbooks. And I think that has always been the value of who we are. So yeah, we have a, an incredibly talented, smart, amazing team of which Ali is a part of, our volunteers are part of, everybody's a part of, um, but we're here because we love this landscape and that's the driving force. And we, if we you know, hold to that value that the trail comes first, then we can hold each other accountable to all the other things and make sure that we're really doing this for the right reasons and grounded 
in this really grassroots, real human space. And we're not always going to get it right. We've made mistakes, but we stand up to them, right? And we say, we, we just screwed up. How, help us fix it, right? Because we know we, we didn't do it right. So how can we be better? Um, and I think that's who we are as an organization is, yes, we have 14 talented, amazing professionals showing up every day in this space. Um, but we're first and foremost humans who want to do really good stuff on behalf of this, this, this landscape we get to serve and, and support. And I think it's being of service to this landscape first yeah. and then each other and to all the people that's- that love this place. So yeah, that's who we yeah. are. So we're ragtag. We show up, you know, pretty low key. <laughs> that's why I'm stuffing envelopes. <laughs> I love it. That's the that's the it's the the, 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 punk, the you're the punks of trail associations, as far as you can say. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, to touch on something that um, Teresa mentioned, uh, this is our 10-year anniversary this year, so we have a lot of fun stuff uh, happening all year long, and we'd be glad to tell you about it. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and and that is definitely one of my questions that I wanted to to ask uh, Teresa and, and 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 Ali. You obviously obviously have your perspective as a as a through hiker and uh, and also as an employee over the last year. But but Teresa, you might tell me about about the last ten years of mm. uh, of the CDTC and I suppose what that's been like, what you've learned, and what's your vision for the next 10 years? Where, where do you see the oh trail or the, and, and your coalition in the next yeah. 10 years? Well, I can tell you first and foremost, we're not empire builders. So hopefully we're not growing. We're not as an organization growing too much more. Um, I think we still have so much more capacity to add and really regionalize our work. But that's one of the reasons we've, as an organization over the last 10 years, been able to put people, instead of everybody being centrally located in Golden, which is where we started, really allowing for folks to move into these places. So I live in Santa Fe. We have someone in Las Cruces. We have someone living on the pub who's from, a member of the Pueblo of Acoma, lives in Grants, New Mexico. Folks are up in Helena. Some folks are in, um, we're in Leadville now in Frisco, Colorado Springs, you know, we're all up and down the trail. And I think what we realize is you can't, which everybody knows, this isn't rocket science. You can't manage a 3,100 mile long trail from Golden, Colorado. That's impossible. And you can't show up and be of service to communities you connect from Golden, Colorado, like the most privileged place in the Rocky Mountain Front. And I mean that lovingly. Um, So you have to be in these communities, right? You have to be in these places. And um, so I think what where we've grown and some of the things that we've learned is really having this regional approach to whether we're senior staff mm-hmm. or leadership or regional folks or volunteers to have or, or volunteer managers um, to have us really in embedded in the communities that we connect and we serve is fundamental to our work because we then eat and drink and smell and, and breathe all the same things that the, the people that live with the trail every day do as well. And that makes it real for us, right? We're not just showing up and like, hey, we're here to save you. It's like, no, I'm, I'm saving my community or I'm part of my community. I'm standing up for my community as much as I am the trail. But yeah, when we started, I mean, we literally started at a dining room table um, too. And um, I think in the early days, we hope for what we have today. And I think sometimes when you know, those of us who helped co-found the organization, we turn around and look back and go like, oh my God, we're doing it. And they're letting us get away with it. Like, who knew? <laughs> like it's working. <laughs> um, I think sometimes I'm always in a, a little bit of awe of um, how we've been able to create this space that has invited so much 
um, talent into it and that yet at the same time, our values haven't shifted. So there's some sort of like, huh, who knew? I mean, there really is like this genuine, like I, if you had told me 10 years ago, we'd be where we are today. I'd be like, I hope, but I, I don't know that we really, we took a huge leap of faith. And so um, I think we've learned um, how to listen, which we came in with that space. I mean, that's what we learned out of the old organization, how to listen, how to stand to scrutiny, how to be trans, to, to commit to being even more transparent and everything from our, yeah. like you, if people want to see our, our books, I'd be happy to show them to you. Like I have nothing to hide. And, I, and in fact, if you found something, I'd like to know that, you know, like we're being transparent and accountable. And so I feel like um, we continue to hold those values. So I don't think that's changed at all. I think having that as a foundation has been critical to our success. Um, I think I'm, I'm more blown away by how much this project, so to speak, has resonated because we have grown so fast. And I think that's because people really feel like they're in because I do, I mean, I literally hand sign every letter, whether it's $5 or $500. And I put a note on, like, if I see the same names coming up year after year, month after month, I write, I'm like, Hey, so good to see you. Thanks for, I mean, I mean it genuinely. Like I touch every letter um, of someone supporting us. And I feel like, even, I know some people are like, why do you do that? I'm like, because it's, it's, it's important. It's how we show up as a community that I know these people, even if it's just by a letter. And I think that hasn't changed, but I think people feel connected to feeling like they are seen and they are heard and they are important because this landscape brings us to that place. I mean, it's not just the watershed. It is a place of time and memorial connection. You know, humans have been along the continent right. divide since the dawn of time. And we are such new people in this space, but it, it still draws us. And I think people are compelled to want to be a part of that for that reason. And so we are lucky that we've created a community that invites all of those folks in and and had and allowed it to be what it needs to be, not what we want it to be. I mean, I think that was one of the values we came into this with was like, let's create a, like I, I call it the songwriters um, philosophy. And I got this honest to God, if Jeff Tweedy ever hears this, he should know that he is critical to the creation of the Continental Divide Trail Coalition. I'm not joking. And anybody who knows me knows this is, God, like the God truth of this. Um, I love Wilco. I, it's my favorite band on the planet. And I was reading an article in like 2009 on Pitchfork. And J Jeff Tweedy was writing about how he writes songs and how Wilco creates music. And it was like, you know, he's the primary songwriter most of the time. And then he, all of this, the strengths of each of the band members come in and they, they fill their voices into the music and the musicality and everything. And so while, yes, he has a strong vision of the lyric, how it actually gets shaped is based on all of these voices of these other folks who bring their strengths to the table. And then even then it gets turned out to the public. And what I may hear from one, the same lyric may be something totally different than you hear, but we're still connected. Well, and that's what we thought we would build with CDGC is let's use that philosophy that we have a strong vision of the skeleton but let's let the people who care about it with their strengths shape the actual body. And then we'll let it just continue to grow and evolve and be an organism, be human, be real and ebb and flow and not, not hold on to it where it can't be what it needs to be 
because that's what's going to create the death of it. If we hold it and constrain it, try to own it, it's not ours to own. And I think Jeff Tweedy even talks about that. Once you turn around a song, it belongs to the masses and either it resonates or it doesn't. It doesn't d- discount the value. It just, it, you know, when people show up to a concert, you know, it's resonating. And But all of us are hearing it differently, but we're still connecting. And I think we just thought that would be really how we'd create an organization. So 10 years into it, we're doing it. <laughs> it's resonating and people are showing up. Um and I love it. And I, you know, I think we talk, re- I mean, Allie can attest to this. We talk all the time, like at some point I might not be the right person for this job. So let's also talk about like how we're really open and honest and transparent and succession and supporting each other for as long as we're here and helping us all thrive. So what we generate is thriving, not, not challenge and not, con- you know, conflict, but we're creating a space that we can just grow and ebb together. So the next 10 years, I hope we keep doing that. Um, beyond that, as long as we hold true to those values, it'll be what it needs to be for the communities that we serve. And I think we will never be a huge organization. We're not, we don't want to be a huge machine. We want that money to go to the projects, to the trail, to the completion, to the communities we serve and we're a part of. Um and just making sure that we still continue to do good work in the process that, you know, we have the resources we need to be um, to attract the talent we need to, to be able to get, work ourselves out of a job, basically, you know, you know, the yeah. goal should be always yeah. that we're never so just, it just said, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just sounds like one continuous jam. Uh, again, I, I, I go back to <laughs> you're talking you you talk you say it yourself you say it yourself like it's it's about music it, like it's it's like it's like a band and and everyone kind of comes in and plays their own instrument and plays their own uh, little bit and piece and uh, you're just jamming and uh, you know and next I'm, of all a trumpet player is going to come in of nowhere and you're going to go trumpet hang on a second and you're like actually <laughs> that flies I like that and uh, and Ali like I was going to ask you. Um, from your perspective, uh, like what what was your draw to the CDT? Uh, both as a, I suppose, as a hiker, and apologies, your boss is listening to that you two right now. So, what was your draw to to go and work with the CDT? <laughs> only nice things, Teresa. Only nice things. Well, I think this is actually one of the really neat things about CDTC. I love through hiking and, you know, if I had the option of every other year, just quitting my job and spending six months outdoors, you know, that would be great. But, uh, and it's a wonderful and very privileged way to interact with the trail. You know, goodness knows, I just had the most amazing time. And I, I think there's probably more than one CDT hiker who would agree with this. But that first moment I stepped into the Wind River Range, I felt like I was coming home to a place I had never known existed. The CDT is just this magical, incredible landscape with so much biodiversity. So, you know, the CDT felt like home before I even knew that I was missing it. But um, a, a really neat thing that I learned about CDTC as I started pursuing working here was that, you know, much like we we're talking about music and we have lots of different instruments played together. This isn't just a through hiker trail. It will always be a great place for through hiking. And we always love the through hiker population. But also we want to make sure that this is a place that somebody could take their kids out fishing and go out for an afternoon or a family driving by mm-hmm. and can stop and have a picnic. And 
this is such, you know, we're talking about dining room tables, but since those last 10 years, we've been building a huge table and everyone is invited. And that's something I really value about this organization is that even though I'm a through hiker, love through hiking and will never stop, it's also a place for everyone, no matter their interest, it's a place for people to worship and learn and educate each other and to spend time with their community. So there are so many different lenses to interact with this trail. That's something that we're exploring with our 10-year anniversary this year is how do people enjoy getting out and spending time in all these super diverse and unique landscapes? And it's been an absolute joy. Yeah, and I, I had a brief look at the, the the calendar that you have on your website, which looks re- pretty interesting of, of how you're kind of marking the 10 years. I know the 10 years is a, the actual 10 year bang on anniversary is in, am I right in saying yeah. March or April? It's May, May 21st. So I can, so actually, so yeah, so CDTC was formed in 2012. Um, actually, our incorporation date was something like June 14th, 2012, but we, again, this whole mentality about who we are and how we wanted to create, we didn't want one major donor launching us. So we, um, I literally um, walked into, I was taking all these classes as we were trying to think, are we going to really do this? And I had taken some leadership and administrative classes and everything. And I walk into this crowdfunding class, this guy named Jonathan Stalls is teaching it. And I literally walk in and he and I just had like a magnetic connection. We were going to be friends. Like it didn't matter what was going on. We were like, we're, I know you. I don't even know you, but I know you. And then he was teaching this class about how he had just walked across the country and done this crowdfunding thing. And I was like, crowdfunding? Shit, that's what we got to do. So then we hoodwinked him <laughs> into being our crowdfunding launch. And in 20, um, by, so in 2013, by the end of 2012, we'd gotten our 501c3. In 2013, we launched a crowdfunding campaign, which launched May 21st. 2013 went to July 5th and we of course exceeded our goal. And so our goal was with that crowdfunding campaign to demonstrate that the American public did love this trail because we were challenged. What we learned in the year before that was that we were challenged with the closure of the Continental Divide Trail Alliance, that one of the federal agency mem- um, Washington office staff challenged us and said, well, if the CDTA closed, it must not be in the public's best interest to protect this trail. And I was like, oh no, that's not what happened. I was like, no, you didn't just go there. And so I was like, oh, I know what we're doing. We're we're proving to them this was not on us. This was on poor leadership and a board that really should have done a better job. So um, and let things happen that they should never have let happen. And so the crowdfunding was really our way of showing up with the American public and saying 688 people are willing to fund this organization and get this off the ground and make it a we. And so that's how we launched And then in 2014, our first Forest Service MOU, we signed on May 21st. Randomly, it showed up in our inbox on May 21st, 2014. And that just, and then the next year, something else happened on May 21st. And I was like, okay, May 21st is our day. I don't know why. The universe is just telling us, (laughs) May 21st, we're going to (laughs) listen. So we're going with it. Um, And that's how May 21st became our official date, is that even though, you know, we we did other things. May twenty first is really has become a special date for us, and so we we that, we celebrate our birthday on that day because it really was what demonstrated the American public or the inter- international public. Actually, we had people from all over the world supporting the, the crowdfunding campaign. Um, it really was what kicked off our our vision for what this organization could be. That's when we really put it into practice. So, May twenty first, right? Yeah. 
May 21st, put it in your calendars, people, is CDTA, CDTC day. Uh, when you're in control of your world, you can be like, that's my birthday. <laughs> I'm just going to it. It's my birthday and I'm calling it now. Yeah. Just change every special occasion is now just the May 21st. So that, that was one of the things I wanted to add. You, you kind of brazed on to um, on the international po- uh, uh, popularity of the trail. And uh, obviously the, the, the CDT is one of the big three in the US, uh, part of the Triple Crown. Um, so, but it, it's, it's, and it's one of the national scenic trails. And now it's gone beyond that to, to like really be on the world stage of, of hiking trails and being part of the World Trails Network now as well. Uh, I wish we had video just to see your little dance there. Alex. <laughs> um, um, uh, so it, like, it, it, talk to me about that, like the, the popularity of the trail really has increased. And I, I suppose, you know, from our line of work and even just as a, as a, as a hiker myself and as a, as a follower of the CDT, um, I've definitely noticed the in, increase of, of, of popularity in the last two years really uh, like there's been a huge spike up in terms of social media it talk to me about that like uh, where how do you see that popularity where is that coming from right. uh, any kind of reasons why that's happening well i there's a lot of layers um so in 2006 i think there were 25 through hikers that completed the cdt and i think there were 25 through hikers that attempted to complete the cdt so it was 100 percent completion rate um, you know, uh, Jackie O'Donnell, um, uh, Paul Magnanti, uh, POD, Disco, they all they all met on the trail and that's how they all like, um, you know, anyway. So uh, but in 2013, it was up until to about 2009, you know, people were doing still a lot of road walking. So it wasn't really popular. It was also really hard. There weren't a, there wasn't a lot of connection to communities. And when I came to work at CDTA, the previous organization it was 2007. We didn't even have maps. Like there were no maps of this of the CDT. I mean, John Lay was putting out his like his map series, but it wasn't the official route. It was more like navigation. So that was a big hurdle. So in 2008, we we embarked on a process to over four years we mapped the entire CDT. And so the first map guides came out in 2011, um, right the year that CDTA before the year CDTA closed, which was the biggest bummer. We had just collected the first full complete GIS data set. Jerry Brown with a team of uh, Eric Kerbst and Karen, I can't remember her last name. They were the three people who basically mapped the entire CDT for the first time. Um, You know, they did it over a period of four years and then did all the data. It was amazing. It was an incredible undertaking. And Jerry just was amazing in the process. So Jerry is one of the unsung heroes of the CDT. Um, And so when CDTA closed, you know, we were probably at that point, maybe we saw 30, 40, 50 through hikers. And again, people, you know, the federal agencies were like, no one hikes this trail. No one cares about this trail. This trail is dead, you know. And we're like, no, that's not the case. It's because there's no maps. Physically, nobody knows how to hike the CDT because there's literally no maps. And most people don't have the skills like Jackie or Paul or POD or Disco to route fine and do all that. It was a, definitely a different level of skills to find your way, really, in the old days. Mm-hmm. And so starting in 2012 with a map set and then with CDTC, one of our big commitments was to really ensure that we had that maps, that map set complete and that it was always accessible to the public for free. 
so that people could access it regardless of where they were. And of course, then Gut Hook came on. I think Gut Hook or Atlas Guides now, these digital map series, um, are really have been a huge thing. People shifted how they utilized um, technology to access to, to to hike trails, and that really shifted the ball game from paper maps and having to spend, I mean, it cost like 400 bucks to print the map set out. If you wanted to print it, I mean, who, you know, through hikers never have that kind of money. And then section hikers, you know, the trail was not, wasn't even signed until 2018 and the 40th anniversary of the CDT was the first time the entire CDT was officially signed. And we spent two years doing that with the federal agencies because again, it had never been signed. I mean, how do you hike a trail when, you know, you can't, we call the little, you know, the pregnant triangles or the little signs are called reassurance markers because they reassure you that you're not lost. <laughs> they weren't, they didn't exist until really. Until Sorry, I just highlight that I, I, I've never, I've never heard them being called pregnant triangles. Oh yeah. like That is just, like, that is blowing my mind. That's why our logo is, this is our logo. It, uh, you, people can't see this, but it is a blown out yeah. sided triangle. But they, the park services call it a pregnant triangle logo. And um, I don't know. So, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is kind of not a good thing. As I say that, I'm like, I probably should really not use that language anymore. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so I think <laughs> <laughs> learning, see, we all, it happens every moment. We all do it. Um, uh, you know, I think the big shift has been technology. I think we've also done a really good job with our website. When CDTC came on board, we were really committed to getting public information out there. At that time, the federal agencies were not doing it. And to this day, they still don't do it the way we do it. We don't, we're the lead public information resource for the entire CDT. The federal agency does not do that. They can't, they can't manage it. So our entire focus has been, how do we get that information out there? We hired Ali last year or this past year for uh, full time. But up to that, we had part time people, a contractor doing comms. But I think in the last two years with a real dedicated resource of com communications and Ali in particular in this last year has just ramped up our social media and getting that moving, you know, that machine moving. And there's always a balance up to of not over promoting and making sure we're telling the right story. And, and it really is from a narrative that is is um, thoughtful and and really appreciative and grateful and gratitude and also the right you know values of not overusing the trail or overselling the trail or promoting it too much in that sense of like a commodity we don't want to commodify the trail but we want to make sure mm -hmm. people know about it and that they know that it's their trail and it's the people's trail and it, it i think the, when people have learned about it it's like whoa i can i can walk in the footsteps of lewis and clark i can go to where geronimo was born. I can walk in the footsteps of, of immigrants. I can walk in the footsteps of dinosaurs. I can walk in the footsteps of indigenous communities and have that sensitive understanding that this landscape is still alive and it is still as mm. um, compelling as it was to the first peoples who walked along it. And I don't mean the first white people. I mean, the first peoples. Mm. It has always been a signifier of humanness. You know, people don't live on the divide because it's hard. <laughs> it's not just animals eat you. The weather will eat you. The terrain will eat you. <laughs> you can die on the CDT, I guess, or on the trail or on the divide. I mean, it's a harsh landscape. Um, but I also think that it's still compelling in humans. We have this deep connection to these kinds of places for all the reasons, food, shelter, um, adventure, beauty, 
nature, you know, all the spiritual things that we can convey from, or we can, we're, we're, you know, privileged enough to experience. So I think the CDT from an international perspective represents a lot of that from a national perspective. I think it just connects people to the heart of the North American continent and the American society and, and hopefully in a good way, not in a bad way. Like we want the good stuff, Mm -hmm. the stuff that really brings us together, that unifies us. It's a divide that connects, not that separates. You know, we, we begin here, you know, the watersheds begin here, emerge from this landscape. We should probably, there's some emergence value that I think we're also deeply connected to in this landscape that from here we can flow outward. So uh, and and sorry, it, it was a beautiful line that you said there. I don't think I've heard that before either. It's a divide that connects us, not that separates us. It's a it's a, it's a really nice uh, tagline you can use on on things. Um, but you you uh, the the trail basically links up with a, another trail in in Canada, the the, the, Great, the divide. Great Divide Trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that like is that it, 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 do you have a partnership with them or is there kind of some sort of um continuing of the uh the the i suppose the ethos that you have on on the cdtc yeah you know we just started that relationship with the great divide trail association up in canada and um partly that's because they've gone through some reorganization and they're kind of re-emerging themselves and and actually Mm. just had a great conversation with them about uh, right before Christmas um, and thinking about how do we partner. And also, you know, the northern terminus of the CDT is also the eastern terminus of the of the Pacific Northwest Trail, um, National Scenic Trail. And then mm-hmm. it eventually will be the western terminus of the North Country National Scenic Trail. And so um, that whole and then it's the beginning of the Great Divide Trail that goes into Canada. And of course, it's our northern terminus. So or at least the one that's a goat haunt, the goat haunt terminus. Um, which is actually ends in Canada. Most people don't realize this. The CDT actually ends in Canada. <laughs> you, you come out of Canada. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of a weird thing. Um, uh, but uh, so, um, yes, I think that that's important. We don't see boundaries like that. We don't see international boundaries now. And Mexico's a little bit with our, mm. our borders in Me- Mexico is a little bit different um, because there's it's all agriculture and private mm-hmm. lands there. So it's not public lands. But I think there is some interest even in thinking about, you know, could there be some connections of this landscape south of the the Mexican border? Um, And what would that look like? And what could that look like? But I think we, I mean, animals Mm. don't care. Water doesn't care. Water's going to flow. Wind's going to flow. Snow's going to flow. And I think we've approached this idea that it's important for us to see this as a larger landscape that ends at an American border that is really um, kind of um, arbitrary. I mean, it's a legal thing, I guess, but yes. the landscape doesn't end. <laughs> the landscape keeps going and it would yeah. be sort of yeah. silly for us to be like, well, it ends here. Well, of course it doesn't because it keeps going and we're still connected, right? So I think we'll see more of that as we all get more, you know, CDTC is stabilized. I think it's a great divide trail. Association is stabilizing. We'll see more and more of how we connect and really create really cool things. I think that's something to think about in the next 10 years of our organization is how do we continue to support this growth of this community and really remove ourselves from this just like it ends at the borders. It doesn't end. This experience can go on. And we want people to have that. We want that connection. It's not just a connection east to west. It's a connection north to south. And how do we celebrate that connection as much as we do the connection across the actual divide yeah. itself being an east and west thing. 
no, it's 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 interesting that you were saying as well that, that it's uh, that the the terminus is is kind of a start and end point for a lot of different trails that are around there. And I know obviously uh, Rue McKenrick, who, who we both uh, mutually know, um, who started the the APT, the American Perimeter Trail, is on a mission to kind of join up a lot of these trails and to pave new ways as well. So, you know, while the US is a, a bounded area. Uh, legal, by legal terms, um, you can kind of link everything up together, and like it's, it's the APT yeah. could even breed, branch into Canada apart, or you might even have the North American Trail where it just well, keeps people, going around up into Canada. Well, and what people don't realize is that the National Trail System as a whole, in so what maybe many people don't realize is that the Continental Divide Trail, the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, some of these trails, we are national scenic trails. That means we're congressionally designated resource just like a national park or wilderness area we are congressionally a congressionally protected and designated area so when they created the national trail system in 1968 lennon johnson signed that legislation um he created it in the in the in the spirit of the of the interstate system so these trails should whether they're historic scenic or recreational should all create connections that it isn't just the cdt it's not just the at it's not just the pct it's this entire system that now is over 50,000 miles long. It connects, there is a national scenic historic or recreation trail in every 50 state of the United States. And that it ideally is supposed to represent a connection and this internet, this intersection and, and this interconnecting network, not these individual trails. So when we think about the CDT going beyond international borders or connecting with historic routes, or, and, and historic routes aren't just historic. There are actually some places you can actually walk those historic routes, and some of our scenic trails are in fact historic. <laughs> so it's like it's all kind of mixed. Um, and then the feeder trails are the recreational trails of the national trail system, or what connect to these larger big arteries. You know, they're kind of the capillaries that connect to the, all the little communities. And so this system has always been a vision of interconnected. And I love the fact that Rue is using this as an opportunity to really demonstrate that connection, that this is bigger than just one trail. And yeah, if we have, if I ever had the time to just walk around the nation, I would. <laughs> I'd be so happy to do that. Um, <laughs> just keep walking, you know, be the poor scump of walking, you know. Um, but I think that that's the beauty of, of having these protected corridors and systems is that we provide that opportunity for us as humans to kind of, you know, make these connections and see our world at three miles per hour in a way that maybe mm. we don't hurling ourselves at 70 miles an hour in a car just doesn't, doesn't happen. So yeah, I love what Rue's doing. And I well, think it's, it's something that, that, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something that, that, that I, 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 I have constantly in, in these podcasts where we, we kind of talk about like, what, what is hiking to you? And, and we might ask that into you both separately now in a moment, but that is this it's the same thing that keeps coming up is that the experience of hiking through the countryside or the back country or whatever you want to call it uh, cannot be paralleled cannot be matched by any other form of travel uh, it is the most immersive it is the most um, present form of travel that you you can you, you can achieve you know I, I use the example of, of walking into one of these, you know, trail towns or, 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 uh, gate, uh, you have gateway towns or gateway cities or, um, I'm not sure. Gateway communities. Yeah. Gateway communities. Apologies. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. So you're walking into one of these gateway communities and people want to talk to you. Like generally people want to talk to you because you've walked who knows how long to get to that point. And you've got a big bag in your back and you look tired and you're probably sunburned and you probably stink. (laughs) But somehow you're it's magnetic and people want to talk to you and and it's human it, it is human it's absolutely it's human connection and when we are hurling yeah. ourselves in vehicles or we move at a speed at which we cannot stop and and stop and connect to people on a human level that disconnect right is what what we are facing in our society and i don't mean to take this too big but i think what happens when people take these long walks or these long distance trips whether they're lifetimes or in a season is we slow down and our bodies are not designed to move that fast. Our, our DNA, you know, like I, the first time I ever went to the Boot Hill in New Mexico, and people always ask me, what's your favorite section of the CDT? And expect me to say the Wind Rivers, which is beautiful. But for me, it's the Boot Hill of New Mexico because when I'm there, my DNA knows that place. Like it has the time to be like, wait a minute, harmonically, I know I've been here before. Like my DNA comes from this place and it does. My family's from Nuevo Leon, Mexico. Like, like hundreds of years ago, um, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but it still knows that place. It still knows that I'm from there. And Mm -hmm. that only happens when your body is connected to the land outside of a vehicle, outside of other things. I think you can do it bicycling probably at the same time, but I think when your feet are actively touching the ground, you're immediately connected in a way that we, we, we take for granted every day. And I think then mm-hmm. when you put it into showing up as a human and being present in that relationship with someone you meet on the street, you're in this space. We're already exuding this vulnerability of humanness. And so that humanity shows up and we're like, God, yeah, I, why, why don't we do this more often? <laughs> you know, cause it, and then you feel so good about it because you're just like, I just connected to somebody and I just had this moment. It could be a minute. It, I mean, I, when I worked on the, I worked on the Appalachian trail for 20 years. And I, I used to do all, I was a field rep mm. and I'd show up at a, at a, showed up at a shelter, you know, and I'd be doing some field work and inevitably someone would walk into a shelter and I would sit there and sometimes it'd be 10 minutes or sometimes 10 hours. And I still know those people. Those are still people that are in my sphere of knowledge and we're friends. And I'm like, that only happens when you stop and slow down and walk and connect and show up as a human mm-hmm. in humanity and you really care about the connection. And I think that that's what long distance walking does. Um, and that's why it's so beautiful. We have this national trail system that allows us to do that. And I think when it goes back to why does CDTC even exist, it's because this divide, this landscape, this trail along its spine is all of that. And it holds the major watershed of the North American continent and it holds the history of indigenous communities and their present, their past, present and future. And it holds our future collectively. And I think that's what connects us all and why it's such a huge draw to people um, beyond what the work we do, just in general, the spirit of this landscape still holds reverence for all of those reasons. And then when you're able to walk along it, that Congress protected an opportunity for us to have an intimate experience with this landscape in the way that we do and that we're privileged to be a part of its stewardship and service is mind blowing that we can hold on to that. And that's mm-hmm. what's worth fighting for. That's why we built CDTC. That's why we stood up and said, not on our watch. We're going to build a new nonprofit. We're going to do this differently because this cannot fail. 
Because if we fail, that says something else about who we are as a country, who we are as a community, who we are as a people, as humans, that we're not willing to fight for something that literally is in all of our blood. Every single drop of water that flows right. from that yeah. landscape ends up in our body some at some point in time. That's what connects us to mm-hmm. this place. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting all emotional. Sorry. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> No, no, no. It, it, this is this is this is great because, like, it, it it really, really, what we're getting here is 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 to the point is is not just you know why legally or why congressionally that that this is here is like truly why are you doing the work that you do and 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 a lot of that is emotion, a lot of that is passion, Absolutely. and you're doing it because you truly believe that these these trails and I. Obviously, I, I agree. Uh, this is what why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I agree that th- this is this is how people can connect. This is how people should connect. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be on a three hundred uh, three thousand mile or three uh, whatever uh, distance hiking trail continuously, but walking in the outdoors, embracing the outdoors, and hiking trails allow you to do that, and they allow you to do the, to the to that with technology, but also through uh, signage, through, but through an organization such as yourself, you help people to get out there and to experience those things. Um, and it doesn't sound like you're going to fail, like if, <laughs> by by any stretch of the imagination. The the trail is is more popular than ever. There's as you pointed out, there's there's apps like GoTalk or Firewalk Guys and ourselves with Hiker and, and and other apps that are out there that are, are uh, just promoting the trail a lot more, getting more feet out there, and 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 it's not just about oh I've ticked that box and I've done that trail. Ali, you can speak to this where it, you know every you can't give one trail your your favorite. You can't say that's my favorite trail. Well, Ali, I think you kind of have to say a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, wherever you are, you're having these wonderful, meaningful Um, experiences that are so unique. And uh, yeah, by tying landscape to time in such a way, having, you know, the people around you, having the communities you're walking through, the landscapes, those are unique. And I carry with me, you know, every step that I've taken. When I was growing up, there was a church across the way that had a labyrinth in it. And uh, they had a sign there that said Solvator Ambulando, which I probably just butchered, but it means it was solved by walking. And I think about that every time I'm on trail. What am I solving? And what do I not even know that I'm solving? How am I finding new parts of myself in these landscapes? And how am I finding parts of these landscapes myself? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, I walk every single day. I walk five miles every single day. My dog, now my dog and I do, I used to do it by myself, but, um, I, I've always walked. I've always been a walker. I don't care about long distance hiking. I never Mm -hmm. needed through hike. I honestly, I spent six months as a backcountry ranger for the forest service when I was like 20. And I was like, yep, I like flush toilets and I like showers. So we're like, I'll do three weeks a month. But after that, like, I really don't. Uh, yeah, I like, I don't care about smelling bad. I can wear the same pair of clothes. I can love sleeping on the ground, 
but I do like flush toilets and showers. So I know my limitations, <laughs> and I, but I love to walk. <laughs> I love to walk and I walk every day as a ritual, as mental health, as physical well-being. But when I'm walking, all of this stuff usually happens where my brain can just turn off a little bit and I can just be in that moment of, oh my gosh, the sun is rising or the sun is setting mm. or look at that bird or, oh my gosh, look what I just found. There's always something happening in that connection every day you know, is the same thing I think through hikers feel at least maybe not through hikers, long distance walkers. Cause I know at some point for through hiking, it becomes about finishing. If you're really trying to get to Canada or really trying to get to Mexico, you're kind of managing your clock a little bit and you stop, you have to switch your priority a little bit, which I always feel bad for them. So I always encourage people to come back and hike those sections when you're not through hiking. So you can say you through hike, but then come back and see it when you're not rushing to worry about snow or whatever. Because I do think you miss a little yeah. bit of what the landscape has to offer. But I also think it's really awesome that people can hike from end to end in one year and pull it off. Like, I, I don't want to ever do that. <laughs> so I do am not motivated that way. Um, <laughs> but I love that people are. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think walking is that thing, though. It is well, it's great. It's great. Thing. It's great that you can have you can have both. Though. You can totally have both. Yeah. Yeah, that you, you can you can you can go out there and and do a long distance challenge yourself to hike and through hike the entire CDT and you know you are kind of against the clock to a certain degree, but that you still get those experiences and again, Ali, you might be able to speak to this, but you you get those experiences of going going. Oh, I'm kind of against the clock. I need to get to this town or I need to get to to this camp or or you know I need to cover this amount of ground by this amount of time, but you're still like going. Oh, look at that. Or like, hello, person, I'm going to talk to you for four hours. You know, like you're still having yeah. those experiences. Did anything like that happen to you, Ali? Oh, sure. I think it's, yeah, it's a constant paradoxical situation where you want to just stop and stay and enjoy each place that you are, but also keeping one eye on the clock. And there are schools of thought for both ways. I've met through hikers who are just going their own pace and they don't care if they finish. They just want to enjoy where they are in each moment. And there are others who are trying to hit deadlines. And, you know, I think that's a personal choice about where your heart is at the moment. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's just what you're hoping to get out of the experience. My uh, PCT best buddy bartender was joking that uh, she's like, we really should stretch in the mornings, but there's no time. Of course, you have a whole day ahead of you. You can take 15 minutes <laughs> to stretch. But we felt like, well, we got to get up and immediately have a five minute breakfast and get walking. And, you know, it, it's a balance between determining what you're looking for and where you're hoping to go. So yeah. always, always yeah. a little bit of challenge in the back of the brain, but it's important to find those moments to stop and wait and be present yeah. and not to toot our own horn a little bit, but the CDT is just full of moments that will take your breath away. So for any potential hikers out there, I don't think you'll have any dearth of wonderful and awe-inspiring moments as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's definitely on my list anyway. If I ever get a chance to get over and do a long hike in the US, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the CDT. Um, but that could change again. And no, no offense to anybody, like it could change again. Um, it, but certainly it, by speaking you to you guys. Always it's, be it's, flexible it, and remain adaptable. That's the one thing long distance hiking should teach people is perseverance, be adaptable, be flexible, and you know, let the let the landscape share with you what your your goal should be, not the other way around. <laughs> so. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and as you said, it's 
it's it's this constant jam and that's uh, that's uh, the constant jam is uh, with you guys with the cdtc it was constant jam with with people with with hiking like hikers that love to go and try new trails it's a constant jam there because they're going well i'm going to go try this out i'm going to try this little riff or this little scale i'm going to throw this in which is you know a different type of trail and, and you always have to be open to to whatever that is and sometimes it might not be what you're expecting but it, it turns out to be you know a very memorable experience mm-hmm. um well, guys it's been an absolute joy having you on and i could ap- i could definitely talk <laughs> way more and we probably will uh once we start uh, stop recording here uh but it's an absolute joy to have you both on and and hear uh all about the cdtc all the great work that you do uh everything that you're, you're up to over there and what you've done over the last 10 years and what you're planning to do and again such a a happy 10 year anniversary to the cdtc Teresa and all the, the the crew over there uh well done on all your work so far and uh yeah just want to to, to take a moment to, to congratulate it well, thank you. Thank I you appreciate so it. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. And I want to share to everyone, like we, you know, you're invited. Join us. We we love it. And um, we we believe this, um, the next 10 years, we're just getting started, you know, so we have so much more to learn and so much more to share and so much more to discover. Um, and we just hope you're a part of that journey with us. Awesome. Well, uh, Ali and Teresa uh, from the CDTC, thank you so much for your time. Um and let's 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 catch up very soon. Likewise, thank you so awesome. much. That was so much fun. They're such a laugh. Uh, I had so much fun recording that and. and getting to know the two of them and we spoke for another hour and we've obviously kept in touch since but we've spoke for another hour on the phone um so it's high likelihood that we might have them on the show again i hope you enjoyed it um that's it for this week and by the way thank you so much for all your feedback over the last while uh got some really nice messages about the show from last week um yeah keep them coming in they if if anything they're just inflating my ego so all the better um yeah i hope you enjoyed this one another interview next week so until then happy trails Mm -hmm.